Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to Late Lunch this Thursday afternoon. Breaking news, the European Central Bank has just raised its uh, borrowing rate to 3%. It's gone up another half percent to 3%. So your mortgage, if you're paying back a mortgage, uh, you know what it means. It means more money required each month. Another pressing matter on the people who are stretched to the limit at this stage. Yes, more about that on our news coming up at 2 and through the afternoon. A half of 1% rise 3% now the rate. Welcome to the show. Oh, I have a great prize for you today. Yes, Town Centre Pharmacy and Drahad have put together a wonderful Mother's Day hamper to give away. Guess what it's worth? It is genuinely worth €750. Euro. And I want to give it to one of you for your mammy this Mother's Weekend. It includes top brands like Estee Lauder, Shiseido, Clinique, etc. I'll tell you more in a, a little while how you can win that prize. Stay with us because somebody's going to win it this very afternoon. Let's kick into business straight away. And I have to say, I love reading her columns because she's a brilliant columnist with wonderful opinions. You can catch her in the Irish Independent. She's a journalist, columnist, mammy, and she's on the money with her thoughts. What's around St. Patrick's Day? Tanya Sweeney, hello. Good afternoon, Jerry. You also missed legend in that description. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, leave you, I'll leave you off. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I must... Wait till I see. Oh, it's in there. God, I just skipped by it. It must be the interest rate rise has shattered me altogether this afternoon. And legend. Yes, legend that is Tanya Sweeney. Yeah, it's great to have you with me on the show today. Well, Thanks, look, at Jerry. I have to say, I I, I I always reach for you and, and look and, and see what you're saying. And as I said, you're on the mark with this. And tell our listeners, you know, your daughter, I think your daughter coming to you sums it up, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, what happened was I was kind of keeping an eye on, on you know, the, the, the mammy groups on Facebook, you know, which are always mm. a, a very interesting kind of uh, bellwether on what's going on in, in, in the world of mammying in general. And I saw a couple of people talking about, you know, oh, I, I've missed, you know, getting the St. Patrick's Day dress. Anyone know of any last-minute places? And I thought, okay, that's a bit of a strange one. Are we are getting Paddy's Day dresses now, are we? Is, is that what's happening? And I thought nothing more of it. I just thought, you know, you know, people are going to buy, you know, special things for, mm. for this afternoon and that's or for this weekend and that's lovely. You only get one childhood and you want to make memories and, and celebrate where and when you can in this world. And that's all grand. But my own daughter who's four came back from from preschool and she was like, When am I getting my dress? Mm. And I went, Oh no no, we'll be wearing something green that we already have. You might wear a shamrock and well that did not do uh, at all. <laughs> And she kind of looked at me as if to say, well, I'm going to be left out and I don't like that. Mm. And I just, it, it just got me thinking and I wrote a column about it in the Irish Independent yesterday and I just thought, why is it that we are doing this thing where every single kind of holiday, you know, first we had the Christmas Eve boxes, you know, on top mm. of Christmas. And then it was the late, late show pajama, toy show pajamas, you know. Yes. And like, what's next? Are we going to be getting like Ash Wednesday here? Is that the next one? <laughs> or like customised Bridget's Day crosses? I just, like, I think it's just getting to the point with parenting, you know. And like, it just happened, International Book Day happened a couple of weeks ago. 
And I mean, I saw the amount of parents who were spending like actual mm. lots of money, mm. you know, getting, you know, outfits for, 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 for International Book Day when all you need to do is hand them a bar of dairy milk and say you're going as Charlie Bucket from Charlie <laughs> and the Chocolate Factory. Good luck. No more questions. Tanya so, Sweeney, there's no, you know? there's no messing with you, Tanya Sweeney, I have to say. But I saw it myself. Two of my granddaughters, mm. uh, Ava and Pippa, were all dressed up, you know what I mean, for the yeah. day and there's so much they put into it as well. But you think, look, I, I, I'll ask you this. Who is driving this? Where is this coming from? You know, I think a lot of it is, I mean, you can obviously opt out, you know, this mm. is, no one's holding a gun to anyone's neck on this one, you know, but I think a lot of it is driven in part by social media. It, it gives parents a chance to kind of, you know, throw up a lovely picture and, you know, maybe that does have innocent kind of um, provenance, you know, or, or it, but I'm not sure it does, you know, it strikes me as a bit of a social media flex. You know, an, an opportunity yeah. to just have a big L brag about your family and how they're all lovely in their matching gear. And, you know, that's all grand if that's what you do. But please don't make it, you know, a thing, capital A, capital T, for the rest of us that have to then opt in because our kids are afraid of being left out. I love it. Performative parental one-upmanship. Oh, what a ring that has to it. And it's, 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 it's so true. But you know what? In, 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 the, in the midst of your writing as well, I saw a picture of a dog. Did, you know the dog with the, the glasses on him and the shamrock and the wee suit on the dog and everything? Oh, my God almighty. Which is going to end up in landfill in about three weeks. Yes. I mean, can we also think of that side? Yes. I mean, the amount of... Consu- like, it is frenzied consumerism. And I understand why retailers, they want to mass their sales from time to time they're going to throw in a load of cash but like if you're buying a, a dress for a four-year-old that's not going to fit for the next three or four St. Patrick's days you know it is going to end up just sitting in the back of the wardrobe or heading to landfill and I just don't understand why you know there's so much kind of consumerist plastic one-off crap we're at a point where we're trying to kind of eliminate that from our lives but it's getting harder and harder you know when, yeah. when there's holidays like this that encourage us and you say it, and, and it is true, for women especially, you know, and you, you touch on the wedding thing. It used to be, I, I love it, I love it, a get-together in a house and a Tupperware party. And nowadays, oh my God, you just list, when you look at the list of things that happens around a wedding, engagement parties, bridal showers, hen parties, second day of a wedding, and now this honeymoon party, oh, the I name. Swear, when I heard about the honeymoon parties, I was like, listen, I'm going to burn the entire institution of, of marriage to the ground. Because this is getting ridiculous. Like, I mean, it gets to the point where you're just tracing to the post office every three minutes, mm. sending presents to people just because they've managed to find a partner or they've managed to squeeze out a baby. Like, let's just get a hold of ourselves here, lads. It's just getting too much. And we've lost perspective, you know. And, and this is a woman thing. that It, it, it kind of feels, you know, falls into that emotional labour thing. I mean, men do not sit around going, I must buy my friend a hen party or a stag party present or I must buy his kid a a newborn child a present they just thank don't you know what god. I mean they don't care no thank god thank god we're, we're not in, in, in that uh, ballpark at, at all but here I'll, I'll tell you something else just to, as, as as it ties in with what you wrote about because you know the parades are coming up and all the little mm. groupings of clubs and uh, associations and everything are, are walking sure. in and, and schools of this and schools and that I, I, I can tell you this for fact um, on Tuesday evening I know mother got a call from I won't identify who they are, but a group that would be in the parade this year, mm. uh, with a list of 
this the dress has to be like this la, la, the headgear yeah. has to be like this it's Tuesday evening parents are working uh, totally come on yeah. you know what I'm talking about I know a lot of parents who got in fact there was one um, parent who said they were um, sent a note home um, asking them to provide like home baked treats for the party in crash or whatever like just pretend the note never got to you. I mean, my God. But I mean, again, like you say, you know, people are extremely busy. They don't have mm. the bandwidth for these mm. extra little chores, you know. Yes. Uh, they're just in service to what, you know, the, the, you know, the three-year-olds or the, the Instagram. I mm. don't even understand why we're, we're buying into it. And I think that's why I wrote that column. I was like, we just really need to get a handle on this because, you know, we're being told by, by people like that, you know, that you need to have certain, you know, kind of accoutrements and and... And and decorations and stuff and and we'll be do, we'll be at it every week if we if we don't if we're not careful really no and that is where where does this end because it just seems there's no end to it when you mentioned Ash Wednesday I really had to laugh <laughs> because what'll happen think about right? it think about think, it I mean we will be we, next thing we'll be doing Labour Day we'll be doing Thanksgiving we'll be doing Happy Back to School Week I mean <laughs> the possibilities unfortunately are endless <laughs> but look at you're not a killjoy and you say that as well sell you 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 love the day into the celebrations etc but here's the thing you're right if you have something green a nice bit of shamrock a little flag or something aren't you made up that, and that should really be the end of it you yeah. know what I mean I mean it should be about being present being with your family getting to have fun and doing fun stuff as opposed to you know making last minute dashes to, to deals or to pennies or whoever and trying to find you know the appropriate in heavy air quotes you know stuff that you can go out and celebrate it's it's pathetic I am yeah. a killjoy let's be honest ah uh, no no I'd never say that about <laughs> you no I know you're too well through your, your writing <laughs> you're honest you call it as it is you give your opinion and I think what you're saying it will resonate with so many people it really really will but look at it, it is what it is the 17th I, I often say 17th of March actually it's going to be mild tomorrow a little bit sherry which is not so bad but normally you know you'd be skint and going out in little flimsy things like that ain't the thing to do either at this time of the year there I'm being a killjoy too what am I talking about anyway <laughs> listen you always prompt you prompt you know thought around around this and really I enjoyed it so much I was dying to have a chat with you today oh, anyway you. what about the little one what's the story with your own little one what's going to happen tomorrow Oh my gosh! I mean, she'll probably be sat in front of Netflix. I'm not really sure. I mean, I'm not. I'm. I'm still in the middle of my working week here, so yeah. I haven't even had time to kind of think about how we're going to make this a day to remember for her. Do you know what I mean? Like, yes. we're, we're going to go to the circus at some point this weekend, Lovely. and after that, I mean, it's just it, it'll be a cherry on top. After that, you know, I mean, she's, yeah. she's spoiled rotten as it is without uh, bringing in the Welshman into it. You know. <laughs> Absolutely. Listen, great to catch up with you again. You're so good. I've uh, always you. enjoyed <laughs> watch. Keep up, keep up those wonderful columns. Really, really do. They're, they're wonderful. Take care of yourself, Tanya. Bye. Thank you, Talk to you again soon. Bye bye. That's the wonderful Tanya Sweeney. Catch her in the uh, Independent, and her opinions are always worth reading. On yesterday's show, uh, we were talking about shamrock and where it's produced, and does anyone grow it in the northeast? And she look at. I had totally forgot that around about this time last year I was talking to my next guest. Sure, I don't have me mind a minute. Who was I talking to yesterday? Anyway, Garoge O'Neill from O'Neill's Flowers in the north of the beautiful County Louth is with me. Hello, Garoge. Hello, good afternoon. How are you? Well, I'll tell you one thing. My old mind must be getting soft that I didn't remember. <laughs> and you reminded me. Thank you for reminding me yesterday. And when I say to you, Garoge, 
I want to say a big thanks from everybody here. What a beautiful tray of shamrock arrived in this morning and people are picking them up. They're out there in reception and oh, taking them with no them. It's medicine. gorgeous. It's gorgeous, oh. Garode. No problem, no problem. Now, I have to say, uh, it was it was uh, Elizabeth O'Grady now that texted in. She was listening was to it? yesterday. And she... she uh, she said, oh, no, not having that. I'll give him a text and remind him uh, about us. So, uh, no, that's, that's all down to Liz. So, Liz, hey, Liz, thank you so much. I must, must get you to manage me diary. I need somebody to do that for me and manage me owl oh. head as well. Garode, it's beautiful and it is, of course, the national symbol. So let me ask you again, because people are often curious. Tell us about Shamrock. Where do you get the seed, and what's the? How do you grow it? When do you sow it? Take us through, will you? How it how it operates? Yeah, so so the seed uh, it actually used to come a lot from New Zealand, from the clover industry in New Zealand, from the from the whole dairy industry, I suppose. In recent years now, that's got very difficult, and uh, we actually grow our own seed now. Something that uh, myself and my father Jerry worked on very hard over the last five or six years we we grow our own and combine our own seed now mm. um, we uh, you sow the seeds normally around September traditionally when I was a child it was something you did uh, kind of the first weekend or two when you went back to primary school I'm I'm a bit past primary school now at this stage. <laughs> like us all, you're old, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so you'd grow it on in, in little seed trays, kind of all the autumn and the winter. And then, again, it it was one of the first jobs after Christmas, uh, around the first week of January, to to transplant it or, or prick it out into into the final pots that's going to be in. Mm. And then, obviously, you grow it January, February and the bit of March. And uh, it's traditionally the the first crop, the first harvest we'd have here in our glass houses. Mm. So um, yeah, you'd you'd start harvesting around the first week of March for your your export customers. You depend on where where it's going to. We'd normally send a lot to the UK, a lot a lot to continental Europe. Actually, last year now our our good friend and neighbour here. Uh, Rob Kearney and his parents took it over to uh, to the White House to, to their cousin Joe, ah. and uh, yeah, so uh, we we got that we we touched out of out of Joe last year. So uh, yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting crop. It's mm. uh, something that we've we, my father started was growing it when I was a child. So just continued on, you know. No, it's and, a great uh, story. And and how much would you produce in terms of those little pots a year? Them little pots, uh, you're talking about 100 to 120,000 of them a year. Wow. Then we do bigger ones in different novelties, different clay sort of arrangements. Mm. Uh, for over the years, done them for pretty much most of the supermarkets in, in Ireland. And yeah, it's just different little things. But you're always about 120,000 pots, uh, which holds, a, it takes about half an acre space here in the glasses. Mm. And so, and you, uh, you mentioned the glasses, of course you'd have to, and, and you have to, it's a heated house, I, t- I take it as well. Oh, no, 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 no heat. No heat, no heat just, just the, natural. The, Car- carbon neutral now, carbon right. neutral. Very good, uh, very good. Yeah, 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 no, no, just um, good, uh, good, bright, uh, warm, naturally warm here. Yes. This is, this is Costa del Cooley, you know. <laughs> 
it's, it's gorgeous up here. We, we don't need anything artificial up, up this direction. The su- talk about the sunny southeast. It's the sunny northeast. The sun shines oh. all of the time. But it is oh, amazing. You know that. And I, I like I'm a bit of a gardener myself. I do the vegetable and I have a little greenhouse and I have a little uh, polycarbonate tunnel as well. And I have to say, you know yourself, even on a modest day, right through the winter or even spring, you get a you get a lovely heat in it, don't you, in them? You do. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I always find when you when you block the wind out of yes. out of a uh, structure yes. and you take that wind chill away, yeah. you know, that that gains you five or six degrees and then more if it's if it's a cold easterly wind. Mm. So no 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 and then you get the bit of uh, I know amplitude or or uh, a bit of burst from the sun coming in through yes. the glass. No, it's mm. you're on to wind and like we're only a couple of hundred metres from Templeton Beach here. So you know, we we really. Uh, my father will always say that you'll get a you get a boost from the shine of the sun off the sea, mm. and that'll create that extra brightness in the area. So well, God Almighty, I, I feel like leaving the studio and going up there immediately and putting a bid in a house or something to go up and oh, live. You're really absolutely. selling the place. Well, uh, oh no, come come visit Carlingford, visit Cooley, absolutely, and sure if you can afford a house, go for it. Yeah. Uh, you're you're in Drogheda there at the moment, aren't yeah, we're you? We're in Drogheda here in the studios. But here's the thing: I want to come back to something you said. You sent the shamrock over to Biden last year with the Carnies, which is a great imprimatur for you and your shamrock there. I wonder would Joe stick his head round the corner when he's there in a few oh, weeks' well, time? I I uh, I don't know. I suppose we're sworn so, so to secrecy. Like I think we all kind of know he's going to come at some stage. Yeah. Uh, whether he's going to make it in this joint or not, they. From what I read, they seem to seem to be talking a lot about the Mayo end of things this way. And sure, no. well, sure, yeah. I I don't know. I I stick in the east coast, but sure here you have to keep every side of the house happy, I suppose. Garrod, uh, if he snubs, if he snubs uh, the northeast, is going to be hell to play. He won't be getting Shamrock anyway anymore if he does that. He's going to call in because remember he's going to Belfast and he'll be travelling to Dublin. He's going to call. He's going to be there. I'm telling you. Sure. Get ready. Here, the cat, the the cat'll be on for him any time. There's 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 no sweat with our Joe, you know. So he's he's always welcome around this parish. He's like, when he was here last, well, the official time when he was the VP. Yeah. He called in four or five times. Then when he was, I suppose, on the dole, when he was between the jobs. <laughs> And uh, you know it was yes. it was a totally different kettle of fish in mm. terms of security. Oh, I think yeah. one or two chaps with him. Yeah. I imagine now if he came back as as the big boss, it'd be uh, it'd be a totally different kettle of fish. So exactly. uh, when he was VP, he shot us down for a week here mm. because he was visiting Kilwarra, which is just kind of across the fields a bit, and his ancestors are buried there. Yes. Uh, so I know, oh no, he he will come whether it's this time or the next now. It'll it'll be it'll be interesting. It'll be all fun and games. Oh. And you look with a bit of luck, he comes during the summer, and we do our pick your own strawberries during the summer. <laughs> and you know we've he's had our shamrock already. He could sample our our, our famous uh, coolie strawberries uh, during the summer. Yeah. Yeah, no, 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 you'll have to get a sample of them up to you next, I suppose. Yeah, well, listen, if you manage now to get the inside info, which I think you will, Garode, um, (laughs) we will go down with late lunch there and do the show with you from from your place. Now, there's a little... 
arrangement. We'll, we'll hold you to that. All I right. OK, I'm making the commitment. If we can get near him at all or whatever and he's coming around the area, we'll make we'll, we'll make that arrangement. And I can have a good look. I know you do beautiful flowers there and your strawberries and everything. Sure, you're, you're just a, a beautiful, beautiful diamond in the northeast of I, I thought you were going to say diamond in the rough there. <laughs> no, I, no, I, no. I, was, I was wondering, are you going to offend the rest of <laughs> no, 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 no. A diamond shining brightly for sure. Well, listen, look, you're great. Uh, thank you for joining me on the show today. 120,000 shamrocks on the way all over the world from O'Neill's Flowers. Check them out when you're up there. Give them a call. Good, good the, man. And you, you won't forget us now next year. We won't you forget won't you for to be sure. reminded, will No you? reminder. It's going into the diary already. Great to talk to you, Garage. Good man here. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Same Hope you have you. a great one. You too. Thanks for having us Take on. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. Well, look, the news is everywhere, isn't it? About Ryan Tuberty and him stepping down from the Late Late Show. I'd say it came as a bit of a surprise to a lot of people. He's been 14 years, would you believe that? 14 years presenting the show at this stage and made it his own, it has to be said. And, of course, all that the show itself delivered, especially, you know, the toy show every year and the way he took it on board himself and made it his own. And he was fantastic. He really got involved in that and lots more he did besides putting a stamp on it. But he's decided to step away after 14 years and pursue other interests. I just looked at his tweet and his comment on uh, what he hopes to do. And he will continue to be on radio, of course, in the morning on RT1 from 9 until 10 o'clock. But uh, watch this space. So who is for the late, late? I know as Sinead was talking about this earlier on, 11 to 1. Who is for the late, late if you're with us this afternoon? Who would you like to see present it? Does... Does it need a big shake-up? What about, for the first time, a woman presenter of The Late Late Show? Will that happen this time round? I think there's probably every possibility it will. Will they revamp the show after all this time? A legendary show, the longest-running chat show in the world at this stage, of course, begun by Gay Barn and followed Pat Kenny and then Ryan Tuberty. You know, have you any thoughts? Who would you like to present The Late Late Show? Would you like to see somebody in particular presented if you're a fan of the show, if you sit down every Friday evening? I remember it was an institution at one stage, but with the world changing in TV and radio and media, etc., People now watch and their content is, you know, it comes from different sources. There you go. Straight away, there's somebody from the Royal County into me saying, Hector for the Late Late Show, Jerry. Hector? What about Hector O'Hokagon on the show? He's some character. You have to give him that. Hector? There's somebody straight away. 086-1800-658. That's the WhatsApp or text number. Thank you indeed. Anyone else you'd like to see, male or female, from this country? You'd have to be from Ireland. Ah, you'd have to be Irish to present it, wouldn't you? You wouldn't go outside the country at all, even though our presenters, think about Terry Wogan in the UK, Graham Norton, you know, making the mark over there. Perhaps Ryan is heading in that direction. Who knows? But anyway, if you have someone on your mind that you'd like to see present the new Late Late Show with a new presenter, they have time now. That's the thing about it. He's announcing plenty of time uh, to the finish of the run now and then into uh, next uh, season, starting in September. They have good time to uh, actually make it. (laughs) You're very welcome to the Late Late Show on RTE. Yes, how would that sound? I'd never leave the late lunch. Oh, not at all. I'd never leave you on the late lunch. Not at all. Yeah, you're joking me. It's the Late Late Show.
And here is your host, Gay Byrne. Ah, yes, Mr. Gay Byrne, of course, the original presenter. There it is, brings back memories when Gay, well, he held the nation in the palm of his hands. We were only, you must remember, we had no access to all these channels, uh, the millions of channels now you have available on your TV screens or your sticks or whatever you have in your Sky platforms and everything else besides. The Late Late Show was the focus every Friday night and people gathered around the television and watched and, of course, it uh, led the debate and said the debate in the country for years and years. Anyway, Frank is on to say, Hi, Jerry. I think the Late Late Show at this stage should be axed. It's ran its course. Its time is over, says Frank. Really? I wonder if many people feel like that, that it's actually finished. That maybe it is time to put it to bed after all these years and go with something entirely different. Look at the way, you know, Tommy Tiernan has gone with a different format on another night and the way that has taken off. Rosie says, yes, Graham Norton, most definitely. I'd love to see Graham Norton present that show, says Rosie. And I'll tell you this, that is for sure. He'd be great. He'd be absolutely great. I agree with you, Rosie. But the money he's on at the BBC is very, very good, I'm sure. And I'm sure he'd have to step back if he came back here to Ireland to present the Late Late Show. Would he come back? Would he leave that wonderful show that he does on the BBC? I'm a big fan of the show, I have to say. Jennifer Zamparelli, I think, would be good for the Late Late Show, says another listener this afternoon. So there you are. She's doing great, isn't she, on the Dancing with the Stars? She's making her mark there. Would she be the one? Well, there's uh, certainly somebody, a fan for Jennifer Zamparelli, uh, coming on to us there. Uh, that's Sean. Sean McArdle in the dock this afternoon. Good man, Sean. Thanks indeed. Lovely to hear from you. What about Matt Cooper, Jerry, for the job, says another listener from the last word on Today FM. Very popular show, evening time, drive time. What about Matt? Would Matt be the man for the show? Another one there for Hector. Oh my God, Hector's gaining momentum on the late lunch this afternoon. Hector O'Hokagon for the Late Late Show. Anyone else on your mind? Um, Graham Norton gets... Do you want to to know the figure? Will I tell you the figure? Will I tell you how much he's paid? Three million pounds sterling for the television. Just for TV. And for BBC Radio, almost just short of a million for the radio. Wow. Wow. And that was the figures. We'll go back there to 2020, give you those figures. That's the type of money you're talking about. RT wouldn't be in that ballpark. Not at all. And and I, I suppose, with, with all due respect, I don't think he'd... Uh, He'd actually, you know, no, he wouldn't. He wouldn't. He's, he's flying over there. He's just flying. So he is. No, uh, but look, you're quite a number there again. There he is again. Graham Norton for sure. But no, I don't think that'll happen. Anyone in your mind for the Late Late Show? Miley Cyrus. And The Climb. I mentioned she has the biggest selling song on the planet at the moment, Flowers. Eight weeks at number one in the UK. Will she be still there tomorrow on week number nine? And she's a new one out as well. Watch this space. She's absolutely fantastic. I'm I'm flattered. Thank you indeed. A number of people saying, you're for the late, late Jerry for sure. I thank you. I'm blushing here a little when I see that. But thanks so much. I appreciate the compliment. I really, I really, really do. Now, we're heading to the USA to be joined by one of our good friends on the show. Happy St. Patrick's Day, John M. Shanahan. Well, it's great to see. It's great to hear your voice, Jerry, and thank you very much for those kind, kind wishes. Well, it is. A, it's the eve of St. Patrick's Day, of course. We're looking forward to it tomorrow. And uh, are your listeners have some great plans for St. Patrick's Day in, in Drogheda? 
Oh, there's a huge parade uh, planned for the town. And I know you were on a whistle-stop visit last week and you keep great contact with what's going on, John. <laughs> well, Jerry, you know, the, uh, uh, I've, I've, I guess I've gotten to the point where my heart is in both places. <laughs> I am both the United States and in Ireland. And, of course, I need to be in touch with what's going on locally as well. I have to say the uh, the preparations for the St. Patrick's Day Andrada are just terrific. Sarah Tapp has been keeping me up to date on all of that. And uh, it looks like it's going to be an absolutely splendid event for you tomorrow. What does it mean, John, to Irish-Americans in the States this day, this national celebration? Well, um, in over time, the St. Patrick's Day event has has transitioned, I think, into primarily a social event, um, a showing of uh, affection for Ireland, affection for Irish customs and traditions. Um, the the one thing that, that I was thinking about this just the other day, and so thank you for for asking this question. The one thing that it strikes me um, is that we've uh, lost touch, I think, a bit with the the reason for the for the for the memorial day of this saint uh, in the first place and the reason has to do with a man who himself would be uh, very averse to much of the trappings of saint patrick's day he would be he was in fact a very humble man uh bishop joe duffy of of memory uh, some years ago uh, wrote a terrific book on saint patrick and really pointed the way to the man's humility, um, his uh, absolute devotion uh, to Christianity and to the Word of God. Um, and I think St. Patrick, it, it seems to me, based on what uh, Bishop Duffy has written, St. Patrick would find himself a bit lost in some of the celebrations that we see today. I'm not saying that it's a bad thing, but I think it's helpful to re- remind ourselves of the uh, of both the the um, interior uh, commitment of St. Patrick, the humility of St. Patrick, his absolute devotion. And this, of course, was a stranger. St. Patrick was not Irish. He was an immigrant. And he came to Ireland as an immigrant um, and devoted himself to the life and causes and uh, of the Irish people. And uh, I think we have to, the one the one message I would share with you is to appreciate St. Patrick in the man that he was at the time. And I hope that these thoughts have uh, have helped understand that. Oh, very nice of you to say that, John, and refocus. Uh, very important indeed, because it, he is the essence of this celebration. And in, in a wider sense, and you're very familiar with the uh, workings of government in the States and the, the connection with Ireland here. Of course, we've heard Joe Biden is coming, and uh, we expect that he'll call into County Louth uh, and County Mayor, where he uh, has roots uh, when he's here. What about the Irish? I, I think I asked you this before, but, but in 2023, the Irish lobby, the Irish influence in the heart of government, of course Joe is there, but in a wider sense is it still as strong? I think it's strong, but unfortunately it's been marginalised and I say that because everything at this point is marginalised in respect of the division that's going on within our government currently mm. um, the, the 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 struggle in the American government currently is between those who would support and defend democracy, and those who believe that um, an autocrat, uh, we've, we've seen Mr. Trump in action and we've heard from him, uh, but those who believe that an autocratic sort of rule uh, is, uh, uh, is acceptable. We still have not resolved the, um, 
the settlement of the January 6th insurrection in Washington, D.C. We've had hearings, we've published documents, um, but it's still up to the courts to make final decisions about the resolution of that. And that's that's divided politics to the point where it's become very difficult in Washington to get things done. The Irish lobby uh, finds itself perhaps uh, divided on that as well, like a lot of the rest of us in the United States, Jerry, mm. um, where those who would support um, uh, the, uh, um, the the Trumpers, if you would, and, and uh as one fellow put it, and the governor Larry Hogan, who's himself Irish, uh, late of the state of Maryland, uh, said on the television the other day, in response to a similar question, Hogan says, "Well, I belong to the Republican wing of the Republican Party," um, and I think that that underscores the divisions that exist within the country right now. Do you sense that? Well, he's declared he's running again, but could, could he return to the White House, Trump, in the, at the next election? Well, I suppose everything is possible in that regard. Um, the, uh, um, but there are, there are there are several steps, and the American system requires first a nomination uh, of a party. He's running on the Republican line. He's announced himself as a Republican candidate. The uh, Florida governor, Ron DeSantis, has also uh, indicated, not announced formally, but certainly has done everything else short of announcing. DeSantis has indicated that he will also be running, and they're uh, definitely maneuvering right now for support within the Republican Party. The rest of us are all sitting on the sidelines, aghast, aghast, Jerry, mm. at the conduct of what of what's going on in the United States. I mean, we're we we're at the same time uh, as all of this political foolishness. We're very much concerned about. Um, things internal to the American economy, uh, about uh, the strength of the American economy, the stability of the banking system, um, our external relations with uh, China and Russia. China, of course, is using our internal uh, divisions to its advantage right now uh, to uh, build itself a very, very strong military. Um, And the problem with uh, with that, Jerry, to put it very simply, is that when you go out and you buy a, a whole load of kit for a uh, uh, for a football team, you expect to play football, mm. and that's we're concerned that China may well want to do that. Oh my, it's a, a fractious world at this point in time. But let's come back anyway to the point of our chat today. Tomorrow is the seventeenth of March. You will be celebrating yes. anything in particular, John? You'll do tomorrow. Will you eat in traditional fashion? Are you going somewhere? What are you doing tomorrow? <laughs> Well, I'll be I'll be eating in 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 traditional fashion as of Ireland. Mm. Uh, the American the Americans have adopted a uh, um, uh, fashion that uh, continues to uh, uh, surprise myself and, and perhaps others in Ireland as well. And that is they they have a taste for corned beef, and of course that's that's something that the Irish would be unfamiliar with. Mm. Um, but yes, we'll have a, a wee celebration uh, tomorrow. Um, I'm, this year, I'm not going to do which my which I frequently do, and did again did last year, uh, which is to march on the St. Patrick's Day in New York City, and that's a lot of fun. But there's but uh, the members of the Irish Defense Forces are over for that, um, and one of the uh, my good friend, one of the uh, TD from uh, Cork, has been on the phone with me, helping helping me to plan his itinerary uh, for. Um, uh, events here in the United States, and it'll be a big uh, uh, Kamalia in 
in Washington, D.C. for the visiting Irish uh, TDs, and so they'd be very welcome, of course. Of course. We, uh, government represented all around the world tomorrow. John, happy St. Patrick's Day again to you on the eve of it. You're fantastic. Love talking to you. We will be talking again, I'm sure, shortly. But uh, wear the green with pride tomorrow. Of course, Jerry. Same to yourself. God bless you and all the good folks in the Northeast. Big win for Tony Martin at Cheltenham. Good time. Johnny at 9-1 to one with Lee McKinnon board coming home in the pre-temp network final handicap hurdle. Big win there. Sure, the, the uh, connections there are all over the moon. Moving along on late lunch this afternoon, delighted to welcome back to the show someone we've spoke to in the past on a number of occasions. He's the service manager with Clonmore in County Mead. Ned Rispin, hello. Hi, hi, Terry. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for joining me this afternoon on the show. Just for listeners to context and in case they haven't heard you with us before, just tell us about Clonmore for a moment, please. Yeah, so Clonmore is a charity that was set up in the late 70s, early 80s, and uh, it was set up with the goal of supporting people with intellectual disabilities who live in the community, uh, and that's kind of what we've been doing ever since. Yeah, it's a fantastic, uh, you know, uh, concept, and it's developed, as you said, people out there living their lives in the community with everybody else side by side. But you have a problem, Ned. Yeah, we, we, we're in a bit of a crisis at the minute. Uh, we can't find carers. Uh, we've been advertising and looking for a number of months now. And we need about uh, seven staff, maybe more, uh, to start as soon as possible. And we just can't find them. And it's not for the want of trying, because I know you've uh, been to the highways and byways, etc., trying to get, you know, uh, get these people in. What's the problem? Are they just not there? Is it a qualifications thing? What, Ned? I don't think it's a qualification thing, because the qualifications for this job is a QQI level five in healthcare, which isn't, you know, it's a a qualification, but it's not a degree qualification. and uh, I, we, we've never had a problem before um, looking for staff and getting staff. So it's, it's, we don't know why it's happening, but it is happening. And it's happening across the country. It's not just in, in need. But it, it's particularly um, difficult for us at the minute to, to find staff. What's the implications for people looking to avail of your service? Well, we're, we're, we're really stretched at the minute to, to provide the service that we are providing, but we're, we have a number of people um, that have, are going to move into uh, houses and we, they can't move into the houses until we get the staff. So there are people that uh, have been approved for support uh, in the community and we have the funding to pay staff to support them, but we can't get the staff. It's a real difficulty, as you say, and and it's across the sector too, but it's particularly impacting on you at this stage. Has it ever been as bad as this? Has it ever been as difficult to get people? Ever. We've been employing people for years and uh, we'd never have to go through a second round of advertising. Never. Um, And I don't know why it is, but it's just particularly difficult at the moment. And there's a lot of people... There's a lot of people with intellectual disabilities um, that are waiting to, to, to move into, you know, supported accommodation and uh, they can't because we can't 
of my staff to support them. Mm. And and a facet of, of your uh, organisation, Clanmore, is this, which perhaps isn't uh, the same in, in other similar uh, caring uh, organisations, is that you have a lot of people with you who are long-term employees. Yeah, m- m- a lot of our staff are uh, maybe over 10, 15 mm. or 20 years. So it's like we, we, we generally don't lose staff um, you know, we have lost that, but that's not the reason why we why we are where we are now. We need we need a minimum of seven people, uh, seven staff, and uh, it's that's just uh, that's very new for us. Mm. What are you talking about age wise? Lower the lowest, the youngest, and up to what age are you? Can you? Uh... Uh, well, we we have uh, people in their twenties, and we have somebody in their sixties. Okay. Uh, well, more than one. Um, so there's a cross section of people that we support to live in the community. But they're a great bunch of people. They're they're really uh, yeah. it's our pleasure to work with them. And as regards to care, anyone listening today who might have an interest in joining you or finding out more, what age profile are you talking about? Somebody on your staff. Oh, we, we, we uh, you know, at any age, it's, it, age doesn't matter from a staff okay. perspective as long as yep. they're, um, as long as they're caring and that they have experience of caring and at the QQI level five and preferably a driver's license, but not essential. And what's the process then? Uh, an interview or, and a second interview, is it? And then if you're yeah, they, like basically, if there's anybody interested, uh, please, uh, you know, give us a call or drop us an email, um, info at C-L-A-N-N-M-O-R dot I-E or 0469022079. And uh, we'd be delighted to hear from anybody that might be interested. Yeah, because uh, this is uh, something that, you know, presents awful difficulties for people who are ready to move out into the community and get going with their lives as well. And it, it's shocking to think that if you don't get the numbers, well, people will have to wait. And what what, what will happen? Well, that's a question, of course, for, for another day. Anyway, look, uh, we um, want to air today just to give you any help we can to see if it can make a difference. It might touch a bell or ring a note up with somebody, uh, ring a note, touch a bell there with somebody out this afternoon. Info at C-L-A-N-N-M-O-R dot I-E. That's info at clanmore dot I-E. You can get in touch with Ned and the people there. You do great. You really do, Ned. And I hope you get these people. I really do. That's great. I'm, I'm grateful for the support. Thank you. Thank you very much for joining me yeah. today. Take care of yourself, Ned. That's uh, Ned Rispin there, service manager with Clonmore in County Meath. If you're looking for a, a new challenge, the great people to work for, as you heard there, they have a staff of over 50 and there's quite a lot of people with them years and years. They're really good employers. Give them a shout there. Info at clonmore.ie and there's two N's in the clan. I don't know whether you heard the story. I heard it myself this morning. Liverpool fans. Yeah, sorry for your troubles. Beaten 1-0 last night in Madrid, out of the Champions League uh, now. But um, it seems a couple of Liverpool fans went clubbing uh, after the game in Madrid. And they had a great time. They ordered champagne, the best of champagne, and ordered it for themselves and others in the club they were in. Anyway... They were sort of making it out that they were millionaires and there was no bother and they were burning up the cash. Well, they tried to leave the club and there was a bill outstanding. How much? On champagne. €2,200. <laughs> and the millionaires suddenly hadn't any money on them. Um, so, 
watch this space. I'd say they won't be flying home to Liverpool today for sure. Put it that way to you. <laughs> Reminds me of uh, the boys in uh, Fools and Horses. Someday we'll be millionaires. They were. But anyway, these fellas, it doesn't seem where. But they enjoyed the champagne and everybody else in the club, as you do. Anyway, back to the drawing board for Liverpool Football Club and uh, trying to get into the top four this year to qualify for the Champions League again next year. Say hello this afternoon to Dermot Cochran uh, from Kells Road Races. Hi, Dermot. Hey, Jerry, how are you? All good. Uh, just wanted to touch base with you on two things. Number one, any update on the insurance? Um, yeah, yeah. Well, there's about six elephants in the room now. Um, yeah, so up the north, they've sorted it out. They've got their insurance together for this year now. So um, they're slightly different. They get a lot of funding from the local councils and stuff. Mm. So they have their insurance sorted. Unfortunately, in states, we're still lagging behind. Um, we still have an issue with it. So it's not looking great for Stone State. Is it not really that the the, the road oh. races may not take place? Well, it's not any it's it's any motorcycle race. Yeah. So any yeah. any racing or any motorcycle event that you need an MCUI permit for, uh, unfortunately, not going to go ahead. Now they are still in negotiations with different insurance companies and trying to get quotes, but it's it's getting late in the day now for ourselves. So um, mm. and up the north as well, some of the other clubs, uh, unfortunately, they got the insurance, but it's either too late or. Um, in other financial costs to try and um, to try and cover that, which is disappointing because yeah, you know the best motorcycle in the world, unfortunately, like uh, Jack Kennedy, they're just the name Jack Kennedy, and then you have uh, up the north. I mean, country you have like the world super champion as well, Jonathan Ray. Mm. You know, for an island to have that kind of talent on it, to have no racing, it's um, doesn't have to be a cold cup of tea. It's sad, you know. Yeah, it's a big blow. Now, come on to uh, this weekend on Sunday, Park Ree and Kells. What's happening? So yeah, as I said, insurance. Um, when we get well, we will. You know, we have to keep the club going, and you know, every year you have enough to kind of get going. You have enough to pay the, the guys at the bins, the radios, the portaloos, all the you know the small bit to get going. But our insurance is a massive, massive payout. If it's twenty grand this last year, this year it's going to be a lot more. I'd say. Well, it could even be three, three times as much. So. We're having a fundraiser. Yeah, we're going to hold on to it. It's Ireland's biggest ride, ride, ride out. Last year, now officially, we had 2,400, 2,600 bikes. But unofficially, there was close to 3,000 there plus. So this year, now we're going to go for it again. Um, we've got great support again from Me County Council, Park Reed there, a fantastic uh, petrol station and restaurant in Kells. Uh, Eureka Secondary School have given us a big out this year as well. So a big thank you to them. And to all the local, the Shed for Bikers lads, Jerome MCC, and all the local clubs. And of course, we can't forget our uh, title sponsor, CC Unlimited, again, who have rolled today. So we're hoping to form up at 10 a.m. in Park Ree. Um, we have a new system in place. We're going to get an awful lot more bikes in. We can form up from 10 o'clock, and then it stands up. So we're pulling out at about, well, 1 p.m. Unfortunately, mm. someone decided to put Mother's Day on the same day as our run. I don't know how that <laughs> happened. Uh, they didn't consult us. But as I said, we're hoping now to have, we have a competition going online. We're hoping to get a mother to leave us out. We're going to get a, a mammy biker. Great. Leave daddy at home with the kids and all the mammies get up on the bikes and come up to us. 3,000 you're hoping to beat this year at least. Well, we've ordered 4,000 stickers, so we're hoping to get oh, more. And I am watching the weather by the hour. Mm. I have two guys in work watching the weather for me as well. So if it's going to be a wash out, we have a secondary date, which is the 16th of April. Right. So we're not going to go ahead if it's raining because it's gone beyond just a fundraiser for us. It's more mm. of a show of support yes. uh, for the racing community. For the races as and well. So can you just rock up at 10am and how much is it? 
Ten euro, so... That's all. Um, Good. Okay. Cor- <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> so please have the correct change. Give me ten euro and you get to see... <coughs> Sorry. You get to see all sorts of makes and shapes of bikes there. Listen, we let you go and catch your breath there. We have it anyway. Sunday, watch the weather and you'll put out an alert if it's not on and then it'll be put back to the 16th of April. But a tenner for a pair bike, looking to get 4,000. It's a big issue here for the biking fraternity and uh, it's a huge fundraiser towards the insurance. Thank you, Dermot, for joining me on the show. Take okay, care of yourself. Bye-bye, bye-bye, bye-bye. An old frog in the throat there. It can happen. That's why I always have the old bottle of water beside me here in the studio because you just don't know when something gets in there and gives you the old tickle. It's a divil altogether, isn't it? You would late lunch on LMFM Radio and Town Centre Pharmacy. Drogheda have given me such a wonderful prize today to give away a hamper worth seven hundred and fifty euro town center pharmacy in drahada pride themselves on their amazing range of sunglasses fragrances and cosmetics you can order nationwide towncenterpharmacy.com and they will get it to you for sure let's see do we get an answer today yes we are we're going by the seat of our pants we'll have to see what happens sometimes they pick up sometimes they don't anyway mother's day is on sunday hello hello Hello, is that Maraid? Hi, Terry, how are you? Ah, Maraid Gorman, yes, I'm. we have the right number. You have indeed. <laughs> Maraid, you've been listening in this afternoon, so will you tell me the names of the three people that we played on Late Lunch this afternoon singing okay. about their mammies? Grant, excuse Scout in the background. That's back all right. There. That's all right. <laughs> it was um, Paul McCartney... Celine Dion and Dolly Parton. They were the three, absolutely. And were they right? You were right, <laughs> and you have won the Town Centre Pharmacy Hamper Award, €750, Maraid. Oh, my God, thank you so much. Who is it for? It's for my mum, Margaret. Ah, good on you. She's a she lucky... She be thrilled. She's a lucky mammy, isn't she? Indeed, and she is, yeah. She's a mammy to four of us, and... Uh, Six grandchildren and her first grandchild is on the her first great grandchild is on the way too. So, oh. and, and she's a, a, a mammy to dad as well. Oh, <laughs> indeed, and she is. And look at I know. Look at she's your mammy and everything. But you know what? What's really, really special about her? What has she? You know what I mean? That just makes her your mammy and so lovely. She just has the best love in the world for us all. Um. The best advice. Mm. She's just so loving and caring, would do anything for any of us. She's getting a little bit older now, so. But um, she's just always been there for us and just always done her best. And yeah. yeah, she's just the best. You can do no more or say no more than that. We get the That's picture it. all together. You've got all three of them right, as did hundreds of others. But it's oh, just your delighted. name swung round today when we did the little whirl of everything. Out you came <laughs> and there you are. And you answered as well, Mairead. Well, listen, go on, wish your mammy all the best. Quick. Thank you very much. Happy Mother's Day, Mum. Ah. Talk to you later on. Indeed you will. Enjoy your prize. Take care, Mairead. Bye.
Thanks to everybody who's been in touch with us today on the show. Always appreciated. And we had lots and lots of entries for our competition today. But uh, one winner only. Well done to Mairead Gormer. But thank you to everybody who got the answers right. Just a little confusion maybe about one. Let it be. Paul McCartney, of course, sang it. Some people saying that it was the other fella, but it wasn't the other fella. It was McCartney. Let me tell you, next week on Late Lunch, do you know what I'm giving away next week on Late Lunch? A front door. Could you do it a front door? There's lots of people needing new front doors. Oh, it's a cracker. It's from Senator. It really is. I'll tell you more about that on Monday. Listen over the weekend as well. And uh, you'll find out what you got to do next week. We have a door for the ultimate winner. And we have great prizes as well from Senator to give away on late lunch. So that's coming next week on the show. But this week, at this time in the afternoon, let's do this. Five, four, three, two... One. Counting down the top five songs from this week of yesteryear. And today it's... The number one from this week in 2007. And what a number one it is. When I tell you it became their sixth consecutive number one single, their tenth overall. And that is some achievement because they're only one of seven acts in the history of the UK charts to have more than nine number ones. The song is about a former member of the band, a fella called Robbie Williams. You might know him and his battle with depression. Unusually, perhaps for them, the lead vocals on this one was taken by Mark Owen. It entered the UK singles charts at 83, next week up to 30 and eventually lodged at number one on the 4th of March for two weeks. Sales in excess of 600,000 made it a platinum seller in the UK. Yes, of course, I'm talking about Take That and shine. Take that and shine. Number one of my top five countdown from this very week in 2007. Incredible run of number ones they had, wasn't it? Ah, oh, they're fantastic. They really, really are. You're with Late Lunch on LMFM Radio on the eve of St. Patrick's Day. And uh, we're going to wrap up matters in a moment or two with our presenter of Sunday Sport, David Sheehan, as he looks ahead to a massive weekend in sport. Well, the sporting weekend begins this very evening with the League of Ireland clash of Drogheda United and Dundalk. El Clasico of the North East, David Sheehan. That's the one, Jerry. That's it, yeah. Looking forward to it. You're on the microphone tonight? I am indeed, yeah. Myself and Paul Crowley will be calling the action, as they say. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Should be, it should be a cracking game. They've made identical starts to the season. They did meet pre-season in the Malone Cup. It was a draw match and, and Drogheda won the, the lottery of the penalties or whatever. Probably no bearing on what's going to happen this evening. How, how do you see it unfolding? Yeah, really interesting. I mean, again, it seems like a, an annual conversation now around Drogheda and, and how they might struggle in the league. But, you know, they've made a really good start and they got a good win against UCD last week, which I suppose a bit early in the season to be talking about six pointers, but it was a, a really important win for them. So, yeah, level on eight points with Dundalk. and Dock are, are a couple of places above Drogheda by dint of their better goal difference. But, yeah, they both made good starts. Drogheda... I think a few of the new players they brought in have settled in very well. And, you know, Dundalk likewise went up to Derry last week and beat, like, beat St. Pat's a couple of weeks ago 5-0. But I think that 0-0 draw last Friday night up at the Roy McBride Brandywell against a really strong and a high-flying Derry City, I think Stephen O'Donnell will take as much uh, pleasure from that as he would have done the 5-0 at Oriel against St. Pat's. So, 
both sides coming into it in a good form. Uh, I think it's going to be a cracking atmosphere. The place has been sold out since, like, I think about a week ago at this stage or not long after that. So place is going to be rocking, um, you know, Pat- the night before Patrick's Day. So probably probably a wise move to bring this one forward 24 hours. But it's going to be a cracking atmosphere. And I'm I'm going to go for a, a high score in draw, Jerry. I'm going to go two all in this one. Well, there you go. Well, Drogheda will have scored more in a game than they have so far because they're getting along on onesies uh, this far. So a draw, David Sheehan says tonight, 2-2. And with it being sold out, don't forget, you can follow the action live here on LMFM Radio with David and Paul Crowley. Just one other soccer game to mention this weekend. The Cup is on in England, but in the Premier Mm. League, Arsenal play Crystal Palace. Now, Palace are on an awful run of form and Arsenal were mightily impressive against Fulham last week. Arsenal need all the points in the bag they can with fixtures are coming up after the international break. Yeah, and they're five points clear at the moment. So if they were to win this one with Manchester City playing in the cup, they could go eight points clear, uh, albeit they have played a game more. But, you know, Crystal Palace, I think no wins in 11 now. It's been an absolutely dire run for, for Patrick Vieira. But Jerry, how ironic would it be if the old Arsenal hero came back to the Emirates <laughs> and managed to managed to pick up a win or a draw for his team in Crystal Palace? But you couldn't imagine you couldn't imagine they will. They're in such a terrible run. However, we did see a couple of weeks ago Arsenal against Bournemouth. You, you were there, you saw it, and mm. what happened that one. So, look at it, Arsenal should be winning that one. We say this most weeks, a lot of these games, they look like they're going to be a, a fairly straightforward win. It doesn't always work out that way, but with City and Cup action, it's a really good opportunity for Arsenal get, to get points on the board. A clear, David says, come the weekend, fingers crossed. Now, let's talk rugby for a moment, and you couldn't write this, could you? St. Patrick's weekend again, Ireland against the old enemy, England, who were stuffed by France last time out and have to be smarting from that. Ireland, if they win at home, will win a Grand Slam for the first time ever. We haven't won many, but in uh, Lansdowne Road, the Aviva. This is some game in prospect. Yeah, it absolutely is. And I think, you know, I talked about Stephen O'Donnell and the Pats game and the Derry game. Well, if you look at Ireland's Six Nations, the win against France was probably the, the equivalent of the 5-0 win for, for for Dundalk over over Pats. But that win against Scotland last week, I mean, just the way they the way they dug it out, they lost their two their, their two hookers, the two frontline hookers. Then Keane Healy comes on as hooker. They, had, uh, they lost Ian Henderson to injury. Gary Ringnose was out, was obviously out towards the end of the game with a he- bang in the head. They had Josh van der Fleer throwing at the line out. And everything that was thrown at them, they were on the rack a little bit at the start of the second half when they were just a point ahead, but they weathered that Scottish storm. And like Jerry, whatever is thrown at this Ireland team, they just seem to be able to, to deal with it on the pitch. Their game management, I suppose you could call it, from the players, just to figure things out themselves is remarkable. And they've come through every kind of test you can think of in the last kind of year or so. And it looks like, I mean... All form would suggest that it's going to be a win for them on Saturday. As you said, have never won a Grand Slam in Dublin. Won it in 1948 in Belfast, all right, but then the ones in 09 and 2018 were in Cardiff and Twickenham, respectively. So England are a bit of a rabble. They were awful against against uh, France last weekend, like a record defeat for them. Um, it's really hard to see them. I mean, it's really hard to see them turning things around to, to the extent where it's not a, a, be- a hammering this weekend. Like, I couldn't envisage them winning the game at all. I, mm. I don't even... I, I hate to say it, but I'm not even sure it's going to be that close because I think England are just a bit of a mess at the moment. They've got two Alagi back in. It looks like he's going to come back in. Owen Farrell probably as well. So I think England are going to try and play a really conservative game. But we've seen Ireland, you know, just whatever sort of defence they've come up against, they've been able to pick it apart. So I think 
look at it's going to be a, a crown and glory for Ireland, hopefully in some style as well. Maybe another record defeat for England. Who knows? We won't get too greedy, but uh, I think I think Ireland will win that game, and I, I think they'll win it comfortably because I just can't see England living with them. Oh yeah, please God, they will. Now quickly, GAA, and it's a huge weekend for both Meath and Louthan Division Two. Firstly, Saturday, three o'clock in the afternoon. Remember, these games are live here on LMFM Radio. Meath take on Dublin. What a match! Tickets you can't get them at the moment. It's a, a fantastic game. Yes, I was saying in Limerick a couple of weeks ago and one of the, the Mead County board officials was telling me that they'd sold 5,000 tickets for the Dublin game even then and he said we haven't even started advertising the tickets Well, people were getting them well ahead of time. Um, first time Dublin have played Mead in a league game in Navin since 1988 I was looking at the other day. It was a, you won't be surprised to hear, Jared. It was a bit of a melee and a few lads sent off but times have changed a little bit since then. But yeah, look, the, the worry about this, like, you know, everyone expects me to, to get stuck into Dublin in this one but you look at the, the scores Mead have been conceding in the league so far. They conceded 70 points the last day against Limerick. I think it was 115 against Loud. Um, it was the best part of 20 points when you convert the goals to, to points against Derry. 19 points against Cork. I think it was 16 against Clare. So they've been conceding really high tallies. And you would worry about what a team of Dublin's calibre will do to them. Um, I'm really hoping it's going to be a tight game. The crowd will be massive. The atmosphere will be fantastic. Uh, probably the biggest game the Park Talton has seen in a long number of years, league or championship. But it's it's hard to see Mead winning it. I, I just hope that they're competitive and that they can tighten up a little bit in defence because I would be a little bit concerned given what they've been conceding in the game so far, what Dublin might do to them. So I think Dublin will win the game, but I'm, I'm hoping that Mead will be able to put in a performance and be competitive. Who would have said that Loud would be going for their fourth win in a row in Division 2 when Cork come calling to RD one o'clock on Sunday afternoon? It's been a remarkable run and this is a free hit for Loud. They're now chasing promotion incredible run for them you know and the way they started off they lost the first day there against Clare again they probably should have won and then were narrowly beaten by Derry the next day but yeah it's been an incredible run for them and they're just benefiting I think Cloud from you know the management team has been there for a couple of years now they've got a settled group of players okay they had a little bit of shopping and changing with with the goalkeeper but that didn't seem to impact them on Julie but you know they're playing there in in RD every week I know that's not the long-term plan but they seem to have a really good uh, set up there in terms of they're used to playing on that pitch the crowds are coming in it's packed every week obviously it's small enough capacity but the atmosphere is great they're, they're familiar with the surface and, and the, the surroundings so it's been brilliant for them I mean they've just been um, they've just been get, racking up the wins but they're so consistent each week you know they you kind of know what you're going to get from Loud every week now you're going to get a huge amount of effort you're going to get good organisation they're going to be defensively solid They've lost Samuel Roy, we know, but they still have plenty of scoring ab- ability up front and uh, they showed that against Meade when they won that game so you, like you said, it's a free hit for them. Like Cork, Cork will be confident coming up that they'll be able to take something from that game. But who, how could you bet against Loud the way they're going at the minute? Um, yeah, I, I, I'm going to give them the nod to come through that one again. And, and who knows, they could be playing Division One football yet next year, Jerry. What an achievement that would be. But it just shows you, like, you have a, a manager, you know, who, who knows how to win, who's won all Ireland's. In he comes. He's back to the hilt by the chairman of the county board. Anything he wants, he gets. He puts his team in place around him. Just shows you, doesn't it? Really does. It does, yeah. And I think the other thing as well is that you've got um, you've got the players who are going to buy into it. Like if, 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 if somebody comes into the dressing room and... You could, you could have the same two men coming into a dressing room and saying the exact same thing. And if one of them is Mickey Hart and one of them is David Sheehan or Jerry Kelly, the play, who are the players going to take more from? You know, it's it's just all about the, the aura that Mickey Hart has, what he's done in his career. Players, you know, are delighted to play from and they'll buy into whatever he says because he's got a proven track record. And if he says to them, you need to do this, this and this, 
and you will get results. They're going to go. I'm going to. I'm going to go with this because I. I trust this man. And look where they are. So, yeah, it's been phenomenal, and it just shows you how thing how quickly things can turn around. Not quickly. Okay, it takes a bit of time to mm. get their S and C and all that kind of stuff. But they stick with a plan and look where they are now. So, um, yeah, remarkable stuff, and it'd be just brilliant for them to get to get promoted. And who'd who'd bet against them now? Get that win. Okay, still one game after that against Dublin, which would be difficult, but. To win against Cork and whatever five wins in a row it'd be then, regardless of whether they get promoted or not, what what a league campaign it'll have been for Loud. Incredible. Just back to me, I forgot to ask you: Are they mathematically safe, me in the division? Uh, I don't think they are just yet, but like you know, the, I suppose the thing about it is the championship structure this year as well. Like that's the other, yeah. Um, the, the, where they where they finish in the in the league is going to impact on their championship, uh, you know, on their championship position. So. I think, you know, they definitely, I don't think they're just safe just yet. I haven't seen any confirmation of that because it's mm. unlikely, I think, that they would go down mm. at this stage. But, you know, they've got Dublin and then they've got Kildare. Like, Meath are on five points at the minute. Kildare and Clare are on two. Limerick are going to go down. We know that. So, it's going to be one from Clare and probably Kildare, realistically. Meath have to play Kildare in their last game. They should be okay, but I don't think they're mathematically safe yet. With two games to go, they could still be caught. But um, they need to lose on the weekend and they need to lose to Clare. And, well, <laughs> that's not inconceivable. So, yeah, who knows, no. Jerry? But yeah. let's hope it doesn't come to that. Me ah. going down and loud going up, we'd never hear the end of it. <laughs> ah, well, there you go. That's sport for you. It's the beauty of it. You just never, never know. Anyway, David, uh, good luck tonight with the big uh, loud derby. And you can follow David tonight here online, lmfm.ie, if you're not going along to the game. And uh, enjoy all of the weekend sport. Thanks, David. Thanks, Jerry. Take care. That's David Sheehan there, our presenter of Sunday Sport, rounding off today and the, the week on Late Lunch. Have a great holiday weekend, everybody. Stay safe and enjoy it. Wear the green uh, with pride. want to say a big thank you to all our guests who joined us during the week. Thank you so much to my producer, Louise Walsh. Couldn't do this without her. To Eamon Doyle, who guided me brilliantly through the afternoon today. Thanks a million, Eamon. And to you, our listeners who are with us every day, we do love your company. We'll be back on Monday with a brand new week of Late Lunch. Eddie Caffrey's on the way with The Drive. We'll see you then. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.